Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Welcome to Childproof by Betches Media. I'm Gwenna Lakeland. And I'm Tori Phantom. This podcast is for all the parents who count down the hours till bedtime. And those who then stay up way too late because no one needs them and then wonder why they're so tired all the time. That is so incredibly relatable. That is my life. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of bedtime, my kids are very excited that we have now started summer break and that means summer bedtime. Ooh, summer bedtime. I want to hear more about that. But first, let's start the timer. Okay, so summer bedtime. I got to explain regular bedtime first. Regular bedtime in our house is really important. So we start what we call cool down at six o'clock. And that's where we turn off all the screens. We lower the lights. We pick calm, quiet activities, PJs, vitamins, bath and shower. If it's bath and shower night, brushing teeth. That starts at six o'clock. And then we've got about an hour to accomplish all of that. And then at seven o'clock, that's bedtime, which means they're typically all asleep by eight. Cause yeah, it takes four-year-olds some time. Right. They have to, they have to get out of bed and need a glass of water and a snack. And there's probably a monster under their bed. And also why is there a toy across the room? What is that shadow on the wall? Yeah. It takes an hour. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets us asleep by eight o'clock. So that's, that's a pretty rigid schedule that we keep. We don't keep a lot of rigid schedules in my house. We're big on routines. We're big on systems, but schedules, nobody in my house does real good with schedules except the bedtime, mm-hmm. six o'clock, seven o'clock, relatively asleep by eight o'clock. Like that's important. But the summer, the summer, the rules change. We still have a cool down period, but it might not start right at six o'clock. We still lower the lights. We pick quieter activities to kind of wind down all of those cortisol inducing, hyperactive, adrenaline brushed yeah. activities. But it might not start till 6.30 or 6.40 or 7. Like we, if we were watching a movie, we might finish the movie and then start powering down. Bedtime is less. There might not be as many showers in the summer because we spent a lot more time outside and we we hosed off. You're probably, you're clean. <laughs> is that a great parenting decision? But I don't know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> sometimes you just don't have the energy. I get it. Yeah. We, we hosed you off. It's fine. Right, it's fine. It's fine. We'll use soap later. So it's, it's just, it's a lot looser. We, we're really aiming for like bedtime's really probably going to start when the sun actually goes down, which here in Oklahoma isn't closer to, it's like closer to nine when it's actually dark here. Same. Yeah. So it's, it's less rigid and they, they really look forward to it because it feels like there's a certain amount of freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's this week is my kid's last week of school and my middle kiddo, it is like pulling teeth currently because she's like, why do I even have to do this last week of school? We're not even learning. And I'm like, I get it. But truancy is a thing and you do have to go. Okay. But also we're like counting down. I'm like, just, it's just three more sleeps of school nights 
and then we don't have to be so rigid about this. And she's still, she's not happy with it. And that's fine. She doesn't have to be happy about it because she's still doing it, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have as rigid a bedtime routine as you do. And Mm -hmm. not because I don't want one. It's just not a strength of mine. (laughs) You know, I start bedtime routine around 6.30, but my kids are probably falling asleep closer to 8.30. My oldest, longer. I don't know. It's, I try my best. They're getting the sleep they need most of the time. That's the point. But summertime... (laughs) Summertime, all bets are off. We are still, the goal is to have them in bed by nine. That is, and of course, there's extenuating circumstances in the summertime. Maybe we went to an event that is in the evening. We're not going to have that same rigidity, obviously. But I am not as particular about it. I am particular about, even if they want to stay up, like if it's nine o'clock and they're like, mom, please, like, can we please stay up? Like, Okay, but in your room, because I still need my unwind time. <laughs> I need you to not I, talk to me. You don't have to be I, asleep. Just... Yeah, you can hang out in your room and play quietly with the TV on because they're going to fall asleep. Like they're little kids. They do fall asleep. I just, I desperately need my my own time where I am not needed. And so they're, all their needs are met by nine o'clock at night. They've had dinner. They've had post-dinner snack. They They have everything they need. It's like... You can stay up. That's fine. But we're going to do separate things. And I'm obviously, I don't go to bed before them. That's just my own, like, I don't feel comfortable going to bed before my kids, especially with their ages. But I'm not stressing it as much. And that's the benefit, too, is that when they're going to bed later, there's a chance they might wake up a little bit later. (laughs) There's a chance. It's a small chance. chance. It's a small chance, but there's a chance. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like when it comes to kids in bedtime, the later they go to bed, the earlier they wake up, which is the weird. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) But I am not a morning person. We've talked about this. So if the kids are staying up later and they're waking up later, I get to wake up later too. It works out for me. But here's my question for you. How do you handle, say we're at the end of summer and now we have to get ready for school again. What do you do to adjust your schedule? So about a week before we start kind of rolling back where maybe cool down starts at 645 and then the next night 630 and 650, like we kind of roll it back and sort of ease back into yeah. the, the readiness for school because they have to, they went from getting up at 738 to now we have to be up at 630 and be yeah. functioning and getting dressed and accomplishing breakfast. And so I don't do that. And really, this is going to sound a little chaotic which is on brand for me. So surprising. I'm shocked. <laughs> but it works. Okay, hear me out. Mm-hmm. I don't bother to adjust their sleep schedule before school. Does that not cause problems? It doesn't. And here's why, right? Because as I said, the goal is always nine o'clock on summertime, right? So nine o'clock is not super late. And so I will make sure to enforce that nine o'clock moving up into that like week before school, which is several hours past their school time bedtime. But the reason I don't bother, right? If they're going to bed at nine o'clock, we got to get up at six in the morning. They're they're going to be functional, but they're going to be a little more tired. And that first day of school is chaos anyway, right? Like you're meeting your new friends, your new teacher. You're not learning. It's just kind of a chaos day that's going to pull a lot of energy anyway. It immediately resets the sleep schedule back to the school day because we didn't have to adjust it. They're just a little less rested on that first day of school. Which they've got so much adrenaline kind of covering yeah, that anyway. And then they just, it's like immediate. We're back into the regular routine and it. It, it saves me a lot of stress of having to to be like, okay, but we're getting ready for school. And like, because especially with my middleest kid, she gets really stressed about that idea of school coming because it's those changes are they're, they're hard for her. And so to not 
like we talk about school is coming, but we're not doing all this crazy prep. Like it's really important that we go to bed. Like, no, it's fine. Just go to bed. You're going to be asleep by nine. We'll get up at six. You're going to be a little extra tired today and you're going to go to sleep when I expect you to tonight. And it's, it's, I love, it was like magic when I figured out that it would work a few years ago and I'll never go back. I'm not going to stress myself the week before school trying to get them to go to bed. See, that just sounds more stressful to me. So, so this is an example of just because it sounds like a bad idea to you doesn't make it a bad idea. Right, right. Different things work for different families. So, <laughs> Do your kids ever steal toys from each other? Obviously. Do your kids ever steal each other's KiwiCo boxes? They don't steal them, but they do sometimes get in heated debates over who gets which one. Over who gets what? Yeah. KiwiCo is a subscription service that sends kids crates packed with engaging hands-on activities designed to introduce them to science, technology, and art concepts. KiwiCo sent my youngest daughter a box to build her own ukulele. Yeah, my kids are taking shifts with their KiwiCo light box art kit. And KiwiCo delivers seriously fun learning for kids of all ages through hands-on projects and activities. With nine monthly programs to choose from, KiwiCo has something for kids of all ages, ranging from infants and preschoolers to teens and beyond. Discover real science, technology, engineering, art, and math concepts through fun hands-on projects delivered to your door every month. Each crate is designed by real experts and tested by kids to ensure that every experience is age-appropriate, engaging, and seriously fun. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with promo code CHILDPROOF. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code Childproof. You know, Gwena, I am getting hungry. That I'm always hungry. I have to squeeze in a meal time before I go get my kids. I'm so excited. Do you know what I have? Is it a hungry root? Do you have a hungry root for you? I have a hungry root ready to eat chicken tikka masala. And it's so good. I am now jealous because I did not know that Hungry Root had chicken tikka masala in one of their ready meals. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door, and you have full control of what they send you. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. The best selection of Good For Your Body good for your brain snacks. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your tastes. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets and much more. And right now, Hungry Root is offering childproof listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash childproof to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash childproof. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I've got an idea. So my perception of summer has drastically changed as a mom. Like things I loved, I looked forward to, I enjoyed as a kid. I have slightly different feelings about some of those things as a mom, yeah. as the one responsible for facilitating <laughs> all of those summer activities totally and experiences. Yeah. So I want to do love it or leave it summer edition. So there's, there's two questions. Did you love it as a kid? And how do you feel about it as a parent? All right. 
Let's, All right. I love this. Let's get into it. So first up, popsicles. Did you love popsicles as a kid? I did. And I still do. Popsicles, <laughs> refreshing. I will, if there is a choice of ice cream, I'm going to pick that. Yeah. But if there's only popsicles available, I'm going to have a popsicle. I Year long, I keep popsicles stocked in my freezer. I loved popsicles as a kid. Like I would do unspeakable things <laughs> at the promise of a popsicle. And it didn't matter what type of popsicle. It could be those mouth razor plastic tubes or like the ice cream truck type of popsicle mm -hmm. or rocket pops were my favorite. Oh, those are so good. Uh, and those are the red, white, and blue yeah. shaped like rockets if you're not listening to the U.S. and don't know what a rocket pop is. <laughs> but I, if you're listening to the U.S. and you don't know what a rocket pop is, I have questions for you. Yeah, I'm also, I'm so sorry. That was, that is a miss for you. Go get some. They sell them at the go, store. Go, 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 go find a rocket pop. <laughs> Loved them. As a parent, I'm 50, 50. Cause on one hand, that is definitely going to get you at least outside in the sun. Cause I'm not letting you eat those inside. <laughs> You're going outside to eat that popsicle, which is the same thing that my mom did. And I never understood why popsicles were an outdoor only <laughs> experience. Now as a mom, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Go outside and get the sugar juice everywhere. We can hose you off later, but mm -hmm. it does mean that now everything near them where they enjoy the popsicle is kind of sticky. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of sticky. See, that's in, in my opinion, as the parent in the popsicle situation. Yeah. I just kind of expect most things in my life to be sticky nowadays. <laughs> We actually, we, we went to a spring fling event at my partner's work over the weekend for families and they had like a barbecue and they had some popsicles and, you know, some treats. And I was hanging out with the kids. We're eating at his barbecue. So I'd like barbecue sauce gets sticky too. Right. And I didn't know where the restroom was to go wash my hands, but now, okay, we finished eating. My kids are over on the bounce house. My partner is in a cornhole competition. I live in Kentucky. We're just going to brush right past that. And I'm sitting alone and I'm like one of the most awkward people ever. So I'm just kind of sitting there, just kind of like, I don't really know what to do right now. And one of my partner's coworkers came over to introduce herself and say hello to me and reached her hand out to shake my hand. And the shame I felt <laughs> shaking her hand, knowing how sticky I was. <laughs> You help this, the kids eat the popsicles, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're like helping them open stuff, whatever. I'm like, I am so sticky, and I didn't say anything, and she didn't say anything. But I know this this woman was like, "Wow, Tori is sticky. That's so weird." <laughs> <laughs> I did eventually find a bathroom to wash my hands, but I I was just sticky for a while. So, you know, that's part of being a parent. Everything is uh, sticky or wet, and you very rarely know why. <laughs> It's so true. It's so disturbing, but it's so true. Everything is just slightly humid and sticky. Yeah, just, we're just sticky. That's just our it's existence not now. It's just humid. Yeah, I'll tell. I miss. I miss the baby phase because when you have babies, you always have baby wipes with you, which is a great way to anti-sticky yourself. And you know, sure, you can just continue carrying I, I baby could, wipes. But I don't carry a purse. Oh, see, I so carry. A purse. I don't. I don't carry a purse. I don't carry a bag. Like I wear baggy pants with big pockets. I throw my wallet in my pocket. Where am I putting the baby wipes? I, it's not an option for me anymore. Bra immediately. I am going to take, I'm going to find something, the shape of baby wipes and, and try that <laughs> later. And I'll send you a picture and we'll see if that works together. Okay. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> All right. Next one up. Okay. Fireworks. Did you love fireworks as a kid? I have a very complicated relationship with fireworks. <laughs> 
I loved fireworks as a kid. I, when I was a young kid, I think I liked them. I, I like pretty lights in the sky. I think it's such a fascinating thing. It's such a, a cute human experience. Like, I think humans are so cute that we just all gather in some random field and we're like, ah, pretty. I, I love that. Science. Science is happening in the sky it's now. It's so cool. But I have very bad anxiety. I am a very jumpy person and I do not tolerate the noise. Uh, it's very hard mm. for me. And so I can do fireworks. I, I'll bring my kids because I don't want them to miss out because I don't like it. Because you have anxiety. Right, right, right. So we will go to, because like Kentucky's pretty flat. So if I know where the fireworks are, I could go to a parking lot like several miles, miles away, away yeah. and and then it's the, the boom isn't so bad and I can tolerate it a little better. But a couple years ago we did this and I was like, cool, I can handle this. You know, fireworks shows are only like 20 minutes. I could do it. But then someone showed up in that parking lot and they started setting off fireworks in the parking lot and the debris is like raining down. I cried in my car. Like I took cover. <laughs> I, it was not for me. Oh. So uh, <laughs> I like the idea of fireworks. <laughs> as an adult and a parent, I have a love-hate relationship with fireworks. Loved them as a kid. Looked forward to them. Wanted to go to all the shows that we possibly could wedge into the schedule around 4th of July, Memorial Day, New Year's. Like if there was an opportunity for fireworks, I was begging my mom to go see as many of them as we could. Yeah. As an adult, I have a love-hate relationship. I love them two times a year, as long as I'm the one popping them off. Fourth of July and New Year's. That's the only time I'm going to give you a pass where I expect to hear pops and booms and bangs all, See, all over the place. But here's, here's an interesting thing, because you're like, I'll set them off myself. I'm from New York, where they are incredibly illegal. Like, you can't, you can't get fireworks. Like, you have to cross state lines and people did it. But I never saw anyone personally set off fireworks when I was a kid, because it was like that... No, you can't do that. But now I'm in Kentucky and they have all the fireworks booths out already. And last year, my neighbor was setting them off in our joint driveway. And everyone was like, oh, this is so great. And I was like sitting there again, like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. This is so fun. It's just <laughs> jumping every 32 <laughs> seconds. No, stop. No. This is, I love it. It's, it's such a joy. <laughs> I, I do not like it after December 31st. And I'll give you a long time on December 31st because you got to wait till dark and then the big celebrations midnight. So, okay. That's going to be a long night. I get that. Fourth uh, of July, another one. We got to wait till dark for them to be effective. Any other time, I will consider doing the crime <laughs> to make them stop popping them off. Right. Well, and especially because when you're talking about those times a year, people are like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to set them off on the 4th of July and the 5th and the 6th and the 7th and the, and the 8th, and, the 8th. <laughs> and maybe like August 23rd. I don't know, man. They, they were left over. I found them in my garage. And it's like, I, I have anxiety. When it's a show, I, I'm expecting it. But when my neighbor's just popping them off in the in the driveway and I'm like, it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why. And then, and then people with dogs, I, I feel bad for them too. It's like, Anxious people and also dogs, not great with fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm also really, really aware, especially in this day and age where mental health has been prioritized, I feel really bad for people with PTSD, no matter what that source was. Yeah. yeah that's actually my, my problem with the fireworks because I do have PTSD and I have a pretty bad startle response. Fireworks. Not my favorite. So I get that. <laughs> and so that's what, when we pop them off, yeah. we try to be sunsets around nine o'clock we are done by 11 even if we have more we're yeah. just gonna 
We're all done by 11 because we want to be respectful of people with dogs and people with small children who are trying to get them to bed. People with PTSD who are in their houses having a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. That's for me. I'm never going to like complain to people and like stop setting off your fireworks. But like in my house, I, I do the thing. I do the same thing I do for thunderstorms. And I just put my playlist on loud and I'm like, I can hear this instead. <laughs> it's better. I got headphones. Uh, okay. I have one for you though. Okay. I have one for you. Okay. The summer reading program with school. And not necessarily just with school because I know like Barnes and Noble does one where kids can get prizes. Uh-huh. A lot of libraries do them, but sometimes schools will do it as like a bonus or required reading. Mm-hmm. So how do we feel about summer reading? As a kid, there was a time when I loved it. There was a time when I hated it. I liked it when I was a kid. And so I'm old enough that I am back in the Pizza Hut personal pan pizza. I miss those days. So you could yeah. you could read a bunch of books and you fill out this little form and you take it to your Pizza Hut or you take it to your library or whatever. And they give you a coupon. You got a free pizza. Loved that. When it shifted to the required reading, I was I was out. Yeah. Would I have read the book? By myself, probably. I was an avid reader. I was an undiagnosed ADHD kid. I used books as an alternate reality. Right. But the minute you told me you have to read this book, no. Nope. And we we were kids before Spark Notes, so that yeah. was harder when we didn't read the books. We had Cliff's Notes, <laughs> but you actually had to go to the bookstore and get the little yellow yeah, book. Yeah, I remember those. Oh, my goodness. You just unlocked a memory. Yeah, I was the same way. Like, in school, I would do the... I liked the summer reading programs that was like log the amount of books that you read because I was an avid reader and I had very particular types of books I read and I would read so many. But when you would get like the form home that was like, you have to read this book this summer for this class and that's where you're starting the school year. And I'm like, I have no interest in this book. I don't want, and I would try, but I would do the thing where you'd read that page eight times in a row and retain (laughs) none of it, none of it. And so that was tricky with my kids. They... Are, but the two of them that are reading, avid readers, but again, with that particular interest. And I think it is good to push kids to read books that are outside of their known interest because you never know what's going to unlock a new passion. But also like putting a lot of pressure on it right out the gate, that could be kind of tricky. So if my kids have to read a book, what I do is I'm like, read whatever you want. And then we're going to do one chapter of the other book. Like sandwich it. It's like a compliment sandwich, but with a literature that you like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My littles are just, they're tippy-toeing into the reading themselves. Now, we've been reading to them for for all five years, but they're just now tippy-toeing. So I am actually not looking forward to this summer's summer reading program for two reasons. First, Abby, my oldest, just got to the required reading list. Oof. How does she feel about it? She really hasn't processed. So school just let out. So yeah. this is the week where I have no expectations of, course. of anybody. Like, do what you want. Nap. I don't care. Just, right. just have fun. <laughs> we'll start, you know, looking at routines and camps and stuff to do for the oldest because, you know, right. she, she requires stimulation through the summer. As a parent, I understand that there is a big loss of knowledge that happens every summer. And the summer reading program is a really good way to combat that. Mm-hmm. But for my littles, we're just getting to the point where there are always things that as a parent, you know, they are for the good of your kid, but they are a struggle for you. For me, it's this summer's reading. I love that they're starting to read, but oh my God, one Dr. Seuss book takes an hour (laughs) and a half 
because we're sounding out the words. We're doing what we're supposed to do. We're learning how the letters work. We're working on the phonics. And oh my God, can we just my, my oldest kid, the first book she ever read was Go Dog Go. And it took 40 minutes. And I sat there the whole time and internally like screaming because it's not a fun Dr. Seuss book anyway. There's there's plenty of good ones, not that one. But I I sat through it and now she reads a lot of dragon books and cat books and she still loves to read to me. And I'm like, I'll listen because I love you. feels as nonsensical as I Dr. Don't, Seuss did. Yeah, fantasy's not for me, but I love you and you love that. So I'll listen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm not looking for, normally as a mom, I'm like, yes, all the summer reading. Keep those little brains engaged. Uh, stay quiet for a little bit because you're engrossed in the story. Love the books as much as I do this summer. I've got one required reading list and ones who are learning to read. I'm not. It's the it's the time when your kids' homework and learning becomes because your responsibility too. Yes. And it's like you just feel for teachers even more in those moments. Like I'm not mad at them for doing it. They're doing it because they want my kid to succeed and and they uh, and I appreciate it, but at the same time I'm like I don't want to have to read that book too. <laughs> I know. I was very excited last year for Abby's literature class. She read several books that I I was required to read as a, as a student and mm-hmm. hated them. Reread them as an adult. I'm like, oh, this was legitimately a good book when I wasn't yeah. forced to read it. Right. <laughs> so she read several of those and I was very excited. One of the ones she read was uh, Lord of the Flies. That's such like, a good book. It is such I a good book. I hated reading it in school, but I it's such a good book. I hated reading it in school. Yeah. But she she had to read it and I was so excited. I was like, what'd you think? Yeah. Did you like it? What'd you can think? We, can we talk She's about like, the book? Can we talk? It was, it was a book. I was required to read it. I didn't think it was that good. This, when, I, when I was in school, it was one of my favorite, favorite memories from school. I was in middle school and our teachers had this thing they would do. It was a monthly book club and all the kids had to participate, but they'd give you a list to choose from. And at the end of the month, right, when everyone had read their book, they would have book club breakfast and you would go to the different room for your book and you'd eat breakfast and talk about the book. And that was like my favorite required reading in school because you had... You had the uh, appearance of choice in the book you were reading. Appearance of choice. And also- So important in parenting though. Food. And (laughs) that's just, food gets me going, you know? Yeah. 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 I'll do it for snacks. (laughs) So we keep about four to five different snack packages. You get to a point in parenting, you know, you just have to have snacks. And we have a new favorite to keep in the car. And it fits like right in my center console, the box. It's perfect. What is it? chomps it had not occurred to me to put chomps in the car yet yeah, <gasps> they're perfect grab one out it's a great pick me up after school because the protein and chomps taste so good and they really make healthy snacking easier every bite is bursting with bold flavor and comes in a variety of flavors for everyone with zero sugar up to 12 grams of protein and chompable flavors you can take bigger bolder and better bites every time in the car or wherever else you're eating a chomps Chomsticks come in nine delicious flavors, so make sure you grab a variety pack so that you can taste every flavor. Trust me, that taco flavor, you're not going to want to miss out on that one. That's actually the first one we put in the car. Chomps makes filling your snack cupboard or car even easier because you can order online and have them delivered straight to your door. You will still actually have to put them in your car once they've arrived at your door. You can even subscribe for ongoing savings. And right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash childproof. 
Go to chomps.com slash childproof to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash childproof. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. So you know that I own a burnt baguette in the shape of a dachshund named Rosalind, right? Yes. I got this dog, and when I adopted her, I had to drive two hours one way to pick her up, Mm -hmm. and then two hours back the other way to pick her up. Whose dog is Rosalind? Is it your husband's dog now? Yeah, it's Jack's. It's my husband's (laughs) Jack's. Do you know what he told me about yesterday? What? ASPCA health insurance for pets. It's not your dog. You just want to make sure she's taken care of. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you and Jack to to help you get your pet the care they might need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Vet bills can really, really add up. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash childproof. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash childproof. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash childproof. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Next up, bathing suit shopping. You are the parent of exclusively girls. Yes. I have two girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. I, I, as a kid, was ambivalent to bathing suit shopping. I liked being able to pick out the colors. As a parent, oh my gosh, is bathing suit shopping fraught with peril. Really? First you got to, con- yes. First you got to, you got to remember the color. So inevitably my youngest daughter is currently in a frozen stage, loves all the frozen things. Do you know what color all the frozen bathing suits are? Blue. They're pale blue. Do you know what literally the worst color for ensuring water safety is? Pale blue. Pale blue. <laughs> And if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, colors and water safety, so you can Google it. Yes, Google it. But there are images of what it looks like to have different colored bathing suits submerged under still water, submerged under natural water like a lake or the ocean, and submerged under churning water like you would find at a water park or a public pool. And different colors are easier to spot. So if your kid hits crisis and is under the water and can't surface, the lifeguards or the parents or the people in charge, it's harder to see certain colors under different water conditions. The best are bright orange, bright yellow, and bright pink. Well, my youngest daughter has zero interest in those colors. She wants the scary ones, like the purples and the blues that are really hard to see if she hits a crisis point under the goddamn water. And she's not a swimmer yet. That's, that's a challenge for this summer. And then, then we wander into the sexualized bathing suits. And I'm like, I don't, it's such a fine line to walk. Yeah. Yeah. For me. So here's, here's my take on this because I think, I think it could actually help you in this. Okay. Because first, when I was a kid, I hated bathing suits, hated bathing suit shopping. I have always kind of been awkward about my body and that was it. 
I had to work through that. Like as, as a 30 year old, I'm in a lot better place with that. But as a child, it was very fraught with anxiety for me and, and wearing bathing suits. And as a parent, here's what I do. Okay. I know my kids sizes and I always check size charts and I order their bathing suits online. And what I do, I know what colors they like. I know what interests they have. And I will find a couple options and that's what they get to pick from. We're not going to go out and get whatever you want. No, here's what I found. And it's always about comfort, right? It's not about the look. Like I want, I don't like to do one piece bathing suits because it's tricky for bathrooms at water parks, but it's about the comfort of it and the safety of it. So one of my kids has a cow bathing suit. It is very adorable. It is cow print, uh, but the top is all white and that stands out more. One of mine has a bright purple galaxy print and the other one has a neon tie-dye unicorn. Okay. Lovely. So they are they are all happy because I gave them all two or three choices. Like, here's what I found that would work for your bathing suit. And and I give them different style options. And if they wanted a one piece, I'm fine with that. I just like I've told them why I think that, you know, the two piece and especially the, the tankinis, because they're like, you know, they're they're just they cover more and you can still use the bathroom. <laughs> but I give them the option. They get to pick what they like out of the options I give them. Here's your different styles, colors, whatever. There you go. We have not done bathing suit shopping. So I think I'm, I'm going to do that that way this year. There's no, we're not going to the store and showing you all the options that I would have to reject for various reasons. Exactly. Cause once you're in the store looking at the suits, it's like you you might end up in meltdown. You might not cause kids, they sometimes yeah. surprise you with how easily they regulate, but they see the one that they want and you're like, you can't have it. Can't have that one. Yeah. Then they don't want any. And then it's a whole fight. So yeah. here's your options. I found them online. I don't have to go yep. to the store. <laughs> yep. Uh, for, for me and my family currently right now, my son is my son. So he glows in the dark and we don't have the ability to tan. Mm-hmm. We just, that's not in our genetics. Yeah. The girls can tan. The boy and I, no, we'll be sunburned and we'll be lobstery. And then we'll look like we have developed a serious skin condition and then we'll be glow in the dark again. Yeah. This my middle is, is a spitting image of her father in every way. And that also means she is also reflective she is yeah. so pale. He will burn with sunscreen and a shirt on. He will burn through the shirt. She is the same way. We are applying sunscreen constantly. Well, it means that the boy has to have a rash guard. It's just safer for him. What is that? I don't know what that is. Oh, well, rash guard. It's the it's the swim top. Okay. I didn't yeah. know that had a name. I just thought of it as a swim t-shirt. <laughs> I think I'm probably calling it the wrong name. Oh, honestly, okay. I call it a rash guard just because that's that's what it looks like. Athletes will wear that skin tight shirt to prevent chafing. And anyway, I call his a rash guard, but he does not like them very much, especially when we go to public water places where he's looking at all the other children who maybe aren't as covered as he is. And he's four, so he doesn't understand. dude. You are going to have melanoma by eight if I don't make you put on this shirt. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, though, there is, you know, our friend, lack of impulse control on TikTok has talked about summer attire and swimwear and how the way that she approaches it. I really loved it, how she described it, because it's like it literally has nothing to do with how it looks and everything to do with does your do you want your kid to have to be worried about 
sitting on the slide and burning their bottom or having to constantly adjust their swimsuit because it's writing up like, I love full coverage stuff because then they don't have to think about it. They can just do yes. the fun stuff. And I love the way yes. that she described that. We're, we're working on him with that. Yeah. I also have a teenager. And so now I'm wandering into, okay, that is a coverage zone that you have chosen. <laughs> Let's discuss all of what's going to happen here. What to expect, what's fair, what's not fair. And it's not even discouraging. It's just because I think sometimes kids don't have the full picture of what could happen and that they deserve to make choices, fully informed decisions. Full, fully informed. Yes. Right. I'm not saying you can't wear that particular bathing suit that you've chosen that I would consider a little skimpy. I'm just saying I need you to be prepared that some people suck and do sucky things and think sucky thoughts. So here's, here's what to expect. Here's what could happen. Here's conversations that you need to be prepared for. It's rough and I, I hate it. I hate that we have to have these conversations. But, but it's so important. And that's what I always say, too, is that uh, uncomfortable conversations are worth having. Yeah. And that's that can be an uncomfortable conversation. But it's still, you know, it's it, being able to make that informed decision because some people are not ready yet to deal with what could potentially happen or sucky people. So my kid has entered this new existence of personhood where she really yes. cares about her clothes. Mm -hmm. I found a solution where I'm getting higher quality items that are also affordable. Quince. Like they have they have such great quality stuff. They have so many options like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash childproof for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash childproof to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash childproof. Did you know that kids eat 1,095 meals every year? The best part is that we parents have the grand honor of making sure they're fed each and every one. Honestly, the responsibility kind of sucks sometimes, but we're here with some real help and camaraderie too. We're Stacy and Megan, hosts of Didn't I Just Feed You, a weekly podcast that gets real about what it takes to feed our families. We're two longtime food professionals who, between us, have worked on five cookbooks, two television shows, countless stories for publications like Better Homes and Gardens and TheKitchen.com. Despite all of this work experience, at the end of the day, we too are just two working parents who also get tired making meals happen at home. Tune in to Didn't I Just Feed You for kitchen tricks, product recommendations, and tons of meal ideas, like how to turn nachos into a legit family dinner. Get inspired by our bi-weekly What We're Cooking and Eating Now series, or check out how to get your cooking mojo back for even more ideas. All right, I am going to segue here. Shift. We're going to shift it. How do you feel about beaches and lake days? I live in a landlocked state, so we don't have what I would consider a, a beach. We don't have access to yeah. the ocean. Yeah. But did you know that Oklahoma has more coastline than the entire East Coast? What? Yeah, we have, we have just a ton of lakes. Really? Yeah. 
Huh. Now we're, we're not talking like Minnesota level of lakes, but we have a ton of lakes. Anyway, so you you can drive about 30 minutes and probably find a lake to mm-hmm. go play at. I hate lake days. <laughs> I hate them. I despise them. Uh, personally, I love swimming in what I call live bodies of water. So lakes, oceans, rivers. I love swimming in those because there's a different feel. There's a different sensation. I, but taking the kids is just a nightmare. I do it, but you have to remember the cooler and the sunscreen. You have to pull them out of the lake and put the sunscreen back on. You got to like, there's bugs. And then you got to drive home all sandy and wet. All it's, sandy yeah. and wet. Yeah. yeah. No, that's when I grew up, cause I grew up in New York and we used to go to this beach in Vermont. It was like an hour long drive and it was like the kind of, it was a lake beach, but it had the sand. And I, and I really enjoyed that. And we would go to the ocean sometimes because being there, it was a quicker drive to an ocean because now in Kentucky, I'm landlocked too. And I did enjoy the beach and I loved boogie boarding as a kid. And my kids really want to go to a beach. So only one of my kids has been to a beach. And I actually ended up there with her a couple years ago. And it was on one of the Lake Ontario. We went up there. And that was a fun day. My youngest were not on that trip, so they were not able to go. But they really want to go, and I like really want to bring them. But also, <sighs> <laughs> I know th- I know that sigh. I understand that. I'm sigh. cool with lakes that are like sand beaches where it's not like murky. Like when you step in the lake and it kind of squishes under you, and you're like, "What am I? What am I stepping in?" I don't like that's all of Oklahoma's lakes. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. And I've never swam in a river because, again, I grew up in New York by the Hudson. Oh yeah. You're not you're, you're swimming in the Hudson. Uh, so no. <laughs> that is actually a goal of mine this summer, though, is to get my kids to some sort of beach. That is that is the goal. But we do the water park. Do you like water parks? I well, yes and no. So uh, it doesn't matter what type of standing water we're talking about. Beach, lake, pool. One of mine, unconcerned. She can swim. She is a fish. She is an excellent swimmer. In fact, last summer she went and took a lifeguard course, not to be a lifeguard, just just to to, to improve. She now knows how to swim with a panicky person attached to her. Oh. Which is nice. That is nice. But my littles can't swim yet. They're four. And I it's it's difficult for me because drowning is so quick. And it's so silent. And so you have to be hyper vigilant. And I am outnumbered by my offspring. Yeah. I am the only person in my family who can swim. My partner can't swim and my kids can't. And that is another goal of mine this summer. Swim lessons. Swim lessons. Because yeah. I I don't have a pool, right? And for the longest time, that's my oldest kid. I, I felt mom guilt about it. I was like, she doesn't swim yet. And I feel like that's a personal feeling. I had no access I couldn't afford swim lessons uh, for a very long time, and I had no access to a pool. How was I supposed to teach her to swim? We're landlocked. I couldn't bring her to. I and I was and I sat there beating myself up about it, and it's like, well, now's the time I can address it, and I'm going to. But <laughs> even so, so my husband Jack, he was a literal swim instructor in his twenties. Really, he worked for the American Red Cross, teaching small children, specifically small children, fours and fives, how to swim. And so he knew all of the exercises, he knew all of the language, and he tried to teach Abby how to swim. Because like you, my child was a little older than I felt good about before she learned how to swim because I didn't have access 
to the resources I needed to teach her how to swim. I knew how to swim, but I didn't have those access and I didn't have the, the funds to be able to drop her in American Red Cross swim lessons or YMCA or whoever. But uh, we went out to the lake every week for a whole summer and Abby was just flailing and panicking and it didn't matter what Jack was doing. She wouldn't. So finally we broke down and we enrolled her in a local community college swim lesson and they had a pool and they taught swim lessons. Isn't it interesting how sometimes our kids can be so panicky with us, but then when you put them in a different setting, complete, they're totally complete stranger. They're totally, but I think part of it too, is it's that, that feeling of safety and collapsing in front of their parents. When, when they're not afraid of that judgment for having those feelings. And I don't think that they're afraid of judgment in those other scenarios, but it's just kids are always, it's like, it's like us. I'm going to operate differently outside of my house than when I'm in my house and the kids are doing the same thing. Yeah. So I, yeah, we, we took her to swim lessons. Kids said the exact same thing that Jack had been saying all summer clicked immediately. Just <laughs> Now, do I think that we laid the groundwork for that? Yeah, I, I think it was very familiar language by then, but hearing someone else say those same things just helped her click. Sometimes a parent's job is not to teach their kids, but to provide them opportunities to learn. Yes. For us, swimming was that. What are your thoughts on watermelon? Watermelon is like an exclusively summer thing now, I guess. I love watermelon. I I, it is really a summer thing though. Cause I don't, I don't like to buy fruit that's out of season. My kid, my kid wanted me to buy a watermelon yesterday and I was looking at him and I was like, no, not yet. Not, that's not going to be a good watermelon. I love them, but it's, I feel like it's the pops. It's, it is the popsicle fruit. We're going to be sticky. We're all going to be sticky by the end of this. It's- definitely an outdoor experience for us. It's worth it. I love it. I will carve up a watermelon and I'll end up with like four Tupperwares full of chunked up watermelon in the fridge and we all just munch on it constantly. I love it. I am very much looking forward to watermelon pickles. That's what we're calling them. What? Yeah. So uh, (laughs) you can take watermelon and you cut up half of it and you put it in a very clearly marked container. And then you take the other half and you cut spears and you put it in a different container with rum. Oh. Oh. Oh, that sounds fun. Very yummy. I'm going to write that down. Okay. Do your kids have summer appetite? All year long. (laughs) (laughs) My kids grow a second stomach every summer. I don't know how they survive the school year for the demand they have. Clearly famished from the time they wake up till the time they go to bed. Also, like probably need a midnight snack. Yeah. Yeah. The grocery budget goes up. Over the summer. Over the summer. Yeah. And it's not just because they're home. Like, obviously, they're home for the summer as for some people. Some people still send their kiddos to, to daycare or camps. But, like, I swear, they make it through the school year with breakfast, snack, lunch, maybe an additional snack, yeah. dinner. Summertime, if food is not hanging out of their body somehow, they are unsatisfied. And I don't understand the phenomenon. Right. Well, and I don't wonder, though, because in the summertime, they're typically more active. Mm-hmm. And it's probably it's probably connected. They're actually probably are more hungry, but we don't have like a food schedule. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, we wake up, we're gonna have breakfast. We're probably gonna have eleven z's, and then lunch, second breakfast. Yeah, you know, yeah we like, turn into hobbits. We, yeah, that's it's hobbit summer. You know, get your hairy feet out. It's fine. So <laughs> some people have hot girl summer, hot mom summer, yeah. hot bod summer. No, no, we have hobbit hobbit summer hobbit here. summer and. But I try to make sure when I'm making their 
meals that it is sufficient. It sounds like a stampede just went over my head. My kid is actually home right now. (laughs) And she's very small, but it sounded like an elephant just ran above my head where I'm sitting. Oh, there's the elephant. (laughs) Stand by. You want lunch? What did I tell you? As soon as I'm done, I'm making your lunch. If you'd like, you can go grab a package of sprinkle muffins and I'll open them for you. But for lunch, you have to wait a little bit longer, okay? Okay, thank you. Run along. Chop, chop, little onion. Okay, I love you. Bye. That is real-time momming. <laughs> About food, nonetheless. <laughs> that's that's the instant segue. We are going to play a game. Do you want to play a game with me? I would love to play a game with you. Ketchup is a vegetable. This is weird food combos that our children enjoy. I'm here for it. Let's go. I'm going to open with cantaloupe and ketchup. <sighs> Ew. I don't get it, but you know what? They're eating the cantaloupe. I don't like ketchup. I, I don't either. I only like it on hamburgers and hot dogs. That's it. I don't. I don't like it at all. Just a little. It's so over. Mm. It's not my. It's not for me. Okay. Okay. I have one for you. Mm-hmm. A sprinkle sandwich, not like fairy bread. Like fairy toast? No. No. What What you do is you take your bread, and you uh-huh. put your mayonnaise on the bread, and you put your cheese and your turkey on the bread. Okay. And then you cover it in sprinkles, close the bread, and hand it to your small child who is in preschool who really loves sprinkles. And then she eats the sandwich. You know what? They're eating the sandwich. And it's just cornstarch. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really change the flavor. It's just like, oh, it's colorful. I love it. And the texture in that their turkey sandwich. Crunchy. <laughs> Speaking of sandwiches, hot dogs are a sandwich. No. I will continue. be taking no commentary on this. I already gave you commentary. Hot dogs and grape jelly. You know, they, they, they have the crock pot like little. Yeah. It, it works. It works because it works. of the crock pot like little smokies. Mm-hmm. The little smokies with the barbecue and the grape. Yep. My kid likes mayonnaise on hot dogs, exclusively mayonnaise. I like this. I, mm. I support this. This is how I eat my hot dogs. I have never tried it. Because are, I, do you, now, to be fair, do you like mayonnaise I or are you love, a Miracle Whip heathen? Ew, no, I love mayonnaise. I put mayonnaise on. <laughs> alienated half like, our audience. <laughs> I, I am like a, a lot of mayonnaise kind of person. Mm-hmm. I've just never thought to put it on a hot dog. Oh, it's so good. Okay. It's it's tangy. It's, it's good. It's good. Peanut butter and pickles. I've tried That's it. That's a popular one. I've tried it. It's not for me because of the texture, like because of the yeah. gooey with the kind of. I, I don't know how to explain it, the, the texture I of a pickle. I was, Abby actually started that one. She came home, probably found it on the internet and was like, I got to try it. I was, I was so skeptical. Like yeah. I'm a pretty adventurous eater, but I was like, this sounds terrible. No, actually it's it's good. I like it. Okay. See, it's, it's not a snack I would seek out, mm-hmm. but if like on offer, sure. See, sure, we, I'll have some peanut butter and pickles. We have pickled everything in our house. It's specifically me and my oldest kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, she eats more pickled stuff than I do because she likes olives and I don't. But in our fridge, we've got like the the pickled roasted red peppers. We have the pickled olives. We have pickles. I got pickled peppers. Everything pickled. Yeah. We love pickled. I I like pickled things, but I have to do them very carefully because Jack hates the smell of vinegar. That's Jim is he does not like pickles. Yeah. He is not a pickle person. I, I wanna I wanna be respectful of my my husband, but also pickles are so, so good, dude. Good. Just leave the room. Like I'm putting a pickle on my plate when I have a sandwich. I have to. 
I think one of the most disturbing ones was uh, credited to my eldest. It's Cheez-Its in apple juice. And not just like handful of Cheez-Its drink of apple juice. No, no, no. She floats the fuckers like ice cubes in the glass like of apple juice. Cheez-It apple juice cereal? Uh, yeah. That's a good descriptor. Did, have you tried it? I can't bring myself to do it. She she has grown out of it, but no, that was a staple for a good four or five years. Cheese, it's an apple juice. You've got me thinking about mayonnaise still. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like in a mayonnaise mood. So let me tell you about, it's not even my kids. Well, one of my kids eats it with me because it's one of my favorites. I like to take ground beef, okay? And you, you cook the ground beef with like some diced onion. You season it, okay? And then you put it in a bowl. And then you just slop a spoon of mayonnaise on top and eat it. And mm. I, like whenever I make like spaghetti where I'm making ground meat sauce, yeah, yeah. I will take just a scoop spoonful. of the meat out before I add the sauce and just eat my mayonnaise beef. <laughs> mm. So good. I It's difficult because this is a podcast. You cannot see my face, but just know <laughs> it's incredibly judgmental. That's fine. That's, I'm, I'll eat my beef. So my son's favorite, most requested snack right now as we speak is pepperoni and horseradish sauce. Uh, yeah, you know the horsey sauce from Arby's? I don't like horseradish. There's very few foods I, I just don't like, and horseradish is one of them. <laughs> I love it, but I have no idea. No, I do know. I do know where he got it. It was my mother. My mother eats horseradish sauce on her pizza. Interesting. I Okay. We'll call it that, but no, that's, I think that's where he learned it. I just, that real time realization, but no, it's fascinating because he is my anti-spice kid. If I don't want to share food with my youngest daughter, I have to say it's sour because she doesn't really care for sour stuff. Yeah. If I don't want to share with my boy, I have to say it's spicy, but pepperoni, which is inherently a little spicy yeah. and horseradish sauce is his go-to snack right now. So it makes me question, is the spice aversion in his head or is it really he doesn't like the sensation of the right. heat in his... Right, and it's different levels because horse horseradish spice is different than hot Burn, sauce spice. Burns different, right. Yeah, we're a hot sauce family. I have like 20 bottles of hot sauce in my fridge at any given time. <laughs> and so the spice thing doesn't work because we put hot sauce on everything. So our kids have just started to and we have like baby level spice sauces for them. So yeah. if we're like, it's spicy, they're like, cool, let me try it. Cool, try it. Can, can I have a glass of milk when I try it? Oh, and there's our timer already. Huh. Yeah. That that felt like it came quick. It it did. And I'm, I'm hungry now after all of that. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you, friends, for listening to Childproof by Betches Media. We'd love to hear your weirdest kid food combos. Email us, childproof at Betches.com. And be sure to give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram. You can find us as at Mama Cusses, at Tori Phantom, and at Betches Moms. And so you don't miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to Childproof on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a rating. It helps. I don't know how, but it does. That's all for today. But remember, sometimes our kids are assholes. And sometimes it's us. Childproof is produced by Rebecca Salzmacat and Sean Kilby. Editing by Basilio Perez. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your email to moms at Betches.com.
Betches.